calling. Thank you for calling. Your number one source for all things digital marketing. Some months ago, I found myself sitting in a tiny phone booth at a co-working space, hunched over my phone and a portable recorder. I was conducting my version of an undercover investigation. Business coaching and white label solutions. We are obsessed with providing unlimited support. Obsessed. We are an organization of entrepreneurs. Wow. Providing products and services to entrepreneurs designed by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Wow. We are dedicated. I was calling local SEO companies under my pre-WPMU Dev freelance moniker to quote-unquote get pricing for improving the SEO on one of my clients' websites. But really, I just wanted to get a feel for the business of SEO. Okay, so maybe an investigation is a bit of an overstatement. That's great. Let's talk to somebody. the appropriate fee number will call, text, or email back right away. Now, if you're not sure what SEO is, well, welcome to the club, because at this point, I'm not sure if anyone actually knows what SEO is. But I'll try to give you the gist anyway. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. In layman's terms, it's how you make your website or content organically, meaning without paid ads, show up on Google or other search engines, but honestly, who uses Bing? Anyway, more on this later. Back to my tiny phone booth. Hello, Micah? Yes. How are you, Jay? I'm good. How are you? I am super. If I were any better, there'd be two of me. <laughs> nice. If you're listening to this as someone who's aware of SEO by name and definition, like me, or as someone who's a well-versed search engine optimizer, then it's no secret that SEO and the industry that sprouted from it gets a pretty bad rap. Shady car salesmen like pitches. Pitches with a P. Get your mind out of the gutter. Broken promises of getting your website to the top of Google and constant spammy emails. Pitch, please. Again, with a P. So I decided to turn the tables on them and see what kind of information I could get from five different SEO companies in my area. Alright. Do you mind if I put you on a very quick hold here while I get you over to somebody? Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Honestly, other than sitting on hold for the majority of my time and the drastic price difference between each company, the lowest being $175 a month and the highest being $10,000 a month, the thing that shocked me the most was the transparency. Listen to this clip from my fifth call. Yeah, hey, Micah. So, um, great question, man. So, um, let me just educate you um, just on a few things that you want to do. So, oftentimes, you don't want to get a call for SEO just by giving, you know, having a call. Like, so I'll give you an example. So if you're a developer, if someone says, hey, what would you charge to optimize my site? Mm-hmm. If, that, if that person's page score is, you know, 10 or 20 out of 100 on Google or on Pingdom is F, to get them to an A would be a lot ha- harder than from a B or a C. Okay. So usually what we do, what we do, uh, Micah, is we would usually charge like $499. We would do a complete website audit and audit to identify you know, the areas that are related to the SEO. Then we would also look at competitive analysis to identify who is the competition and really can you even compete for those keywords. And then we would then, you know, offer you, in essence, a tailored plan that runs anywhere from 800 to $2,000 a month is usually what you would be looking at okay. um, to do that. I know the audio was a little rough there, so if you missed it, he basically said that giving a quote over the phone is difficult because every site requires different types of attention. He then listed the ways he assesses a company's SEO needs in order to tailor a strategy and pricing structure to them. 
If I learned anything from these calls, it's that I have a lot to learn. The ongoing struggle with SEO is that we'll never be in control of Google's ever-evolving algorithms. So, if we stop trying to break the code and instead follow best practices, maybe we can live in harmony with Google, build great websites, and expand our reach. And that's what we're going to look into on this episode. The ins and outs, the lay of the land, the big picture of SEO. So friends, welcome to Hello WP, a podcast that reminds you what it's like to be a new WordPress user. My name is Micah, and in just a hot sec, you'll hear my co-host, Josh. Hello, Micah. Josh. Back in the studio. Hello, WP. Hello. Today we're talking SEO. Yeah. And I'd love to know your initial thoughts. Do you know what SEO is or does? My difficulty with with SEO is probably not much different than everyone else's issues with SEO. It's that it's it's this like secret fortress of (laughs) it's the of algorithms from Google. Yeah, SEO is if you don't know the term search engine optimization, yeah, um, you're probably not listening to this podcast. <laughs> like even if you're new to WordPress, that's such a buzzy tech it, term. Yeah, it's that a pop- people hear it all. It's the time. a term that you would hear in in marketing, which right. is where I'm from. I I heard it in the marketing world a lot, and then as I'm getting into the WordPress world, I'm hearing it more from the other side. You're hearing it from the guys who are developing for SEO and from the a more technical yeah yeah in the technical sense but anyway so I wanted to make something that was uh, that we could try to break down SEO and try to uncover the secrets at least a little bit uncovering the mysteries of the Google (laughs) hello SEO I think what you said is really interesting and maybe unintentional which is there's really two sides to SEO. Well, before we go into these terms of like how SEO works, sure. What is the process in in its most basic form? What is what is the process of SEO? I would say SEO in its most basic form is optimizing your content so that when somebody types in something, mm-hmm. they get the best result. So at the end of the day, it's about the end user's experience, that they're finding the content with the least amount of hassle. Right, and people care about SEO because they want Google to rank them as the best result. They want the- Because it looks good for their business or- Right, so as an end user, you're looking at content that's being delivered and going, I want a personalized experience Mm -hmm. where I I, I have this assistant that's- giving me exactly what I'm looking for. Right, yeah. But as a business, you're going, I want to be the solution to everything in life so yeah. that my <laughs> business pops up right. in front of the right audience. Right, it's Google and then my business. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's your experience after first you see my business, then yeah. your experience is yeah. good. Yeah. So essentially... You, you hit on two things there that I, I think is missed out. One, producing good content. Mm. But two, there's a technical element to that. 
And we've divorced those two things in many ways to a detriment. I spent a lot of time of my own marketing career really looking down on kind of the the keyword or the optimization side of it, partly because it was abused. Mm -hmm. But with that said, I still want to be discovered. Yeah. So if you have a healthy view of what SEO is, it should be a tool that is is used to go, hey, I think this person's actually going to be interested. Yeah. And I guess in a, in a real marketing way, what you're trying to do is get quality leads in front of your quality content. Right. And by optimizing your content, you're telling Google they're going to be happy that you dropped them there because my information is going to deliver on the promise and it's going to make you look better it's going to make them happy right. and it's going to and it's going to sell my product at the end of the day so yeah. i think there's a, a a balance that has to be struck between quality content but also technical uh, quality content is usually delivered from a quality website If Josh's comments here are true and SEO takes place on a technical level and a content level, then it begs a really important question. How does Google judge the quality of a website and the content within? I mean, isn't quality relative? And what if what I view as quality is different from Google's view of quality? To answer these questions, I didn't want to talk to some so-called SEO master. I wanted to talk to someone on the inside. Can you just uh, say your name and then obviously who you work for and and what you do there? Sure. Uh, My name is Barb Halser. I'm on the Global Product Partnerships team at Google. My job is to work with partners, uh, in this case, partners in the WordPress ecosystem, um, to advance the adoption of modern web technologies and best practices, such as AMP and progressive web apps. Uh, So I am not a technical person. I'm not a developer. Uh, but I do work closely with the other teams at Google that are uh, part of this initiative. Okay, so maybe Barb couldn't reveal all of the mysteries of SEO, but she could shed light on Google's larger mission and values and how that informs their definition of quality. Other than my obvious interest in Google search, I also wanted to learn more about their intentional engagement in the WordPress community over the last few years. So I've read that in the last year, Google has has very intentionally made efforts to engage in WordPress's community. So I was wondering what sparked this interest in WordPress. So I think that, that in order to get to the interest in WordPress, you, you need to, to zoom out uh, to Google's broader interest in improving the health and performance of the open web. Mm. Over the past couple of years, there has been Uh, a feeling of urgency as well as excitement about what the what the new modern web can be we've seen uh, and you can see just looking at HTTP archive for example um, that the size and load time of websites has just gotten heavier and heavier year over year Um, the user experience on average has gotten more cumbersome year over year and then, and, and while that's been happening, you have other experiences like native apps and walled gardens that are getting faster and easier. And, and we think it's good that those things exist, but we think it's, it's just vitally important that creators and users can have a good, rich, robust, satisfying experience with the open web. Sort of leads us to feel like, okay, there, there's a huge challenge here, but we also see the path forward. 
And so if you, if you look at that as a large challenge, um, then you begin to think about, well, okay, in order to solve that problem, we need to look at how the web is constructed. Right. Well over 50% of websites now are built on a third-party CMS. That number appears to be growing double digits year over year. So more and the more of the web is built on a CMS. And of course, WordPress is by far the largest. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that very naturally leads us to think, okay, if, if we want to engage with these ecosystems to help make the web better, uh, then, then WordPress is, is a good place to dig in. Um, and, we, and we have been working with um, many other CMSs as well. So what specific areas are Google... Um, looking to focus on within the WordPress space? So um, this is a good question. So uh, speed and performance, hmm. security and safety, and uh, and what I'll call creator experience. Okay. You know, speed and performance has a lot to do with the end user experience. And we see that on average, WordPress sites are heavier than non-WordPress sites. Looking at averages, obviously, with an ecosystem as large as WordPress is tricky, right? Because in you know in that mix, you have extremely performant, beautiful fast sites, right? And you also have very slow sites. Yeah, uh, you'll hear us uh, and you'll see us doing a lot of work around AMP and progressive web apps. You know, we we want to make clear that we see those as tactics to achieve the speed and performance goal. Sure, uh, and they don't have to be the only tactics. On the, uh, the, the trust and safety side, uh, we're working with WordPress and other CMS ecosystems to understand how Google can help with their uh, security goals and challenges. And then the, I think the last area that I mentioned was creator experience, which, and I, and I deliberately say creator, not just, which is more expansive, I think, than developer experience. Yeah. Right, because you you know you certainly want to help developers achieve first class web experiences on WordPress, uh, but you also want to be able to help non-developers do the same. Right, um, and so um, that that may mean just you know supporting heroes and experts who are already working on those things. It may you know it may mean um, offering our um, insights. Uh, and observations, looking at the you know the web at a, at a, with a broad scope, um, and, as well as trying to understand how we can spark some conversations or participate in conversations with the WordPress community yeah. about how we make some of these principles more front and center, sure, and and also help website owners and developers make make better choices. Switching gears a little bit to SEO. Um, so we're in, in an era where saying I'll Google it or can you Google that is just it's it's a normal way of life now. So uh, so new doors have opened for people and, and businesses. But as a new user, SEO often feels like uh, a white whale or a mystical creature um, that I'll never attain. Is there anything that you could say that would help uh, demystify the word? Uh, or the the world of SEO? Something that Google has always said about SEO is don't be distracted by SEO. Mm. Use best practices when constructing your site mm. um, and create quality content. Yeah. Th that, that very sound fundamental advice 
is oftentimes hard for folks to follow because they always are looking for a way to game the system. Right. <laughs> um, but I would say that um, now more than ever, those things are true. Yeah. Right. Because, because as you know, as Google gets better and better mm. at identifying, you know, the quality content that best matches a user's query. Yeah. The less impact the tricks um, will have, and the more impact. Um, just solid, good website construction practices and, and, and quality content will have. So as SEO and algorithms are always changing and evolving, um, what are things that every website or small business owner um, should be doing to stay on top of their SEO? You know, I, I actually think or, or know that having a fast site is much more of a... Uh, an exercise in prioritization mm-hmm. um, and discipline uh, than um, a factor of some, you know, t- technical constraint. Right. Um, and the, the largest and the best sites of the web, many of them have actually recognized it and, and almost treat speed and performance as a product in itself mm. um, because um, they, they can actually attribute dollar value, you know, wow. gain or loss to a second gain or loss in load time. Wow. Yeah. And so, um, so, so honestly, if I, you know, if I were thinking about say a smaller business or publisher, um, the primary piece of advice would be don't ignore it. Don't sweep it under the rug. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and use your site the way that a user would. So if, you know, if, if most sites, uh, most, if most content is consumed on a mobile device, um, then you would hope that those site owners are actually putting themselves in the, in the shoes of the users. So I, so I actually think that the prioritization and the discipline are the hard part. Right. Putting it into the practice, just compressing your images, limiting the amount of, you know, extraneous third party script, just good code hygiene and maintenance. Those things aren't so hard to do. Okay. So you had mentioned quality of content and I I would like to get your feedback on what, what that means necessarily quality content and how do we, how does Google judge quality of content? Um, so yeah, so I, I should be clear that in, in, in that context, it's more, the, the quality is more, is that content what the user is looking for? Okay. Right. Yeah. It's real content. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's real information that answers a user's question Yeah. or, 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 you know, serves their need. Yeah. Um, it's not content that was created necessarily just for the purpose of being clickbait. Right. Well, I mean, that's pretty much everything I have question wise uh the only thing i can ask now is that you make some calls and put my site to the top of google that's it put simply seo is less about search engines and more about the end user we should create quality websites with quality content so that google can deliver quality results to their users and your potential quality leads Google is concerned with making the web easily and safely accessible to all, and in order to do that, they have to set high standards and stay one step ahead of anyone hoping to get their piece of the pie. And they do that by continuing to make their algorithms more and more foolproof over time. Oh, and if you fall too far outside of their best practices, they might just punt you. After the break, someone who was punted.
This episode of Hello WP is brought to you by Smart Crawl. Smart Crawl fun fact. Oh, do tell. Smart Crawl is not actually a crawler. Really? She makes crawlers smarter. <laughs> okay. I've always been like Smart Crawl. Maybe they're like like a spider. Well, she does wear look like a black widow like yeah, clothing kinda. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, but no. That's no? not it at all. No. Use Smart Crawl to get your content in front of a bigger audience. Smart Crawl. SEO made easy. Smart Crawl. Putting your smarts in front of Google. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Smart Crawl makes the technical side of SEO easy so you can focus on creating meaningful content. Try it today for free at WPMUDev.com. You know it, girl. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> audio quality okay yeah it sounds great okay great can you hear me? say hello to pete walter he's currently the founder of an online marketing service called buzzramp i contacted him after coming across an article he wrote for uk-based news outlet the telegraph it was published in december 2014 and it was entitled google penguin nearly killed my business i'll include a link in the show notes now, if you're like me and you don't know what Google Penguin is, I did the dirty work for you and Googled it. According to Moz.com, it's the search engine update that Google released in April 2014, designed to reward high-quality websites and diminish the presence of websites that engaged in manipulative link schemes and keyword stuffing. I have a company that organizes media training. I just had a website. I was a new business owner. I knew I wanted to promote it. And I was approached like a lot of people are by um, an SEO company who'd actually done some other work for me before. So I trusted them um, to do um, the right thing for the business. And they said they'd done it for lots of other companies and showed me some results and all the rest of it. So I was perfectly willing to give it a go but it transpired that what they were doing was using a, a tactic of article spinning and putting website on all sorts of low-ranking directories and sites which Google then decided I mean, probably quite correctly is not a good thing um, to be associated with hmm. and uh, the penguin as it was update happened and uh, unbeknownst to me the website just completely fell off Google and that was our main and still is our main way of marketing that service so I then contacted the company that was in inverted commas helping me they uh, played dumb about the whole thing and um, continued to think that they'd done the right thing. But it was only that I, I happened to know someone who'd gone through a similar thing um, who told me that we probably have got this Google penalty um, attached to us as a result of this Penguin update. Uh, it struck me really tremendously as unfair that a if you don't play by the rules you don't get a warning from google to say we think that your website has had this 
suspicious activity we'll give you let's say two weeks or a month to sort it out if you don't we'll ban your website they yeah. just go ahead and straight away just erase it which for a business like mine was a real killer. I mean, it almost drove me out of business, to be wow. honest. So um, if you do fall foul of the system um, for innocent reasons, um, you're treated, to my mind, in an extremely um, unfair way. And it's something that uh, I felt needed addressing, which is why I um, approached uh, a newspaper in, in the UK and, and offered to write an article in the hope that maybe someone uh, at Google might uh, see it. And what came of that? Did anything come of that article? Absolutely not. The only thing that came of it was lots of companies who contacted me saying, oh, I can see that you've had this problem. Um, <laughs> would you like to pay me several thousand pounds to um, to stop it uh, being an issue? <laughs> Which ultimately I had to uh, to do because I hadn't got the first idea about how to um, to sort it out myself. Um, so, you really. had to, so you had to hire another company to get you I out did. of the mess. Yeah, I think from initially being kicked off Google, Google to, to really getting back to the stage where we were previously it was about a two-year process moving forward into your business did you guys find more effective SEO tactics to, to show up on Google after all that was fixed just you know uh, the usual things that uh, I'm sure um, you and your listeners have heard uh, millions of times mm -hmm. uh, appearing on uh, podcasts like this, trying to do guest blogging, asking people for backlinks where it's appropriate, writing good natural copy that um, is well indexed um, and, uh, and all the rest of it. But uh, yeah, we haven't got any super duper um, um, tactics that... Um, we can um, reveal to you, I'm afraid. <laughs> Hopefully it goes without saying, but for the Pete's sake of the quality of our show and all of your websites, I'm not going to endorse the use of any cheap tricks or suggest hiring whoever swears they can get you to number one. We just want to give you the information needed to help you navigate the wacky world of SEO. So far, I've focused almost exclusively on big picture stuff. But for just a few minutes, I thought it would be valuable to zoom in and look at industry practices and common terms. For this, I called on my marketing slash regular life friend, Mike Clute. I met him about a year after he launched his business and had the opportunity to collaborate with him on a few different projects. So my name's Mike, uh, Mike Clute. I own a digital marketing agency called Mayana Marketing. Our core services are uh, web design and development, uh, search engine optimization or SEO, and PPC or uh, pay-per-click Google Ads. What types of services do the average SEO-focused um, companies offer? A lot of companies in terms of SEO, what you can typically expect is that, that they're gonna handle everything in SEO from like a comprehensive strategy. So, so they might offer um, on-page SEO and off-page SEO. Uh, and those, those are really two big things, but um, it's kind of a br pretty broad description of what SEO is, and we can talk about that. Yeah, can you give a brief, a brief description of what on-page and off-page means? So you have on-page SEO. On-page SEO is everything within your website that talks about who you are, what you do, and where you do it. Um, from a technical standpoint, that might be 
the, the content on your pages. Yeah, it might be your, your title tags, um, the, the keywords that you're using within that content. It could be how you name your, your image files. Um, instead of, you know, abc123.jpg, you might want to name it, you know, Phoenix Pest Control Company. The equivalent of on-page SEO would be like me walking into a coffee shop and saying, hey, Micah, I'm the coolest guy here. You're going to be like, okay, all right, guy says he's cool. Off-page SEO is what happens in the rest of the web. Right. So everything else. So the difference with off-page SEO would be me walking into the coffee shop and not saying a word, and then everyone else in the coffee shop pointing to me and being like, Micah, he's the coolest guy here. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's so, a great example. So off, okay, so off-page SEO, obviously with that said, with that within that, that parable there, um, one, one ends up being a lot more credible or valuable than the other, right? Um, however, one doesn't work without the other. Um, you can't rank a website without any content. Right. And you right. can't rank a you you can't rank a website if no one else points to it and says that's a credible website. Sure. So the two ha the two have to work together. Okay. So uh, on the SEO section of your site, you say, and I quote, "Our SEO <laughs> is a strategy of best practices that have been proven to work to increase a site's placement in search results." Um, so can you speak to uh, what goes into creating a custom SEO strategy mm -hmm. uh, for your clients? Sure. So each client is different. And um, for instance, a, uh, a brand new website, um, new business, and they realize the importance of showing up in search engine results. Um, if they come out of the gates and suddenly have a whole bunch of companies linking to them, that does not really look normal. And, and so th there's kind of this natural story of progression on how a website begin, begins to kind of gain visibility. Sure. And our custom SEO strategies um, are, are treated as that. The first thing we wanna try to understand is how long has this website been around? Have they done SEO before? If they have, we wanna assess what that current like SEO state is. You know, um, yeah. are they ranking? Are they not? Why aren't they? Um, how does their off page look? You know, have they have they done directories and citations? Have they gone to companies like Yext or Moz Local? Um, is that information on those websites is it consistent? The name, address, and phone number. Yeah. Um, Google's pretty accurate, like a hundred percent of the time. So if a small business has a whole bunch of listings out there with incorrect information or inconsistent information. Google being like the king of accuracy is probably not going to trust that business. Right. What we really have to look at too is uh, the market, the market in which they're located and who they're serving. Um, but what that I think really comes down to in the custom SEO strategy is, is for it always includes best practices, which is on-page SEO, off-page SEO, social media marketing and content. Yeah. The difference in that strategy or the difference why some people might get different quotes for SEO is going to be because sometimes one one or two of those areas might need a little bit more attention than the other. Okay, last question for you. What are the sure. things that all website owners should be doing to optimize their websites uh, for search? Yeah. There is a lot that a website owner or a small business owner can do on their own mm. without hiring an SEO company. 
really what they should look at is they should try to begin to understand like what are the main services that they want to offer and how do they want to be seen online yeah so understanding that and then creating content like no no one's going to create content for a website uh, better than the business owner themselves. And yeah. um, also WordPress is like the best CMS platform out of the box for SEO. Right. And <clears throat> all you got to do is throw throw a plugin on there um, and and you can instantly have control of your title tags and your meta tags and your, me- your meta descriptions. If we're talking about Google, uh, it's easy for a business owner or any website owner to go on online and do a Google search for on-page SEO checklist. Mm. If they do something like that, uh, you know, you're going to find plugins like SmartCrawl or Yoast or Ultimate SEO um, that are going to easily provide uh, a way for a business owner to optimize those meta tags and titles and descriptions. And I think that's where they should start. Um, I think they should pay attention to social media. Mm, That's great. Oh, oh, one more question. I got to know which... Uh, SEO plugin are you using? So, uh, Smart Crawl Pro. Yeah, baby. Yep, yep. There it uh, is. Makes it super easy, man. I mean, look, I, I've been a WPMU uh, subscriber since, like, it was just me and one client, and I wasn't sure if I could afford it. <laughs> that is awesome. Before I get accused of subliminal messaging and shameless advertising, I actually had no clue that Mike used SmartCrawl before chatting with him, so sorry, not sorry. This chat with Mike cleared up some of the mystique around search engine optimization. But up until this point, I've really only talked to professionals or people who have hired professionals. And this left me wondering how attainable success on Google actually was for the average James. So Josh and I called a real-life average James. Hello. James Farmer. Indeed. Speaking. <laughs> CEO and founder of WPMU Dev. <laughs> Co-founder, technically. Co-founder. Well, that's your humility. <laughs> no, it's just facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's uh it's fairly fairly indisputable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, James Farmer might not be average according to some standards, but believe it or not, when it comes to SEO, he says he is. Well, today we wanted to bring you on the phone to discuss with you the topic of SEO. SEO. And one of the reasons I thought you would be the perfect person for this conversation is because of the role that content creation has played in Mm. the building of WPMU Dev as the brand and marketing and so on. And so I'd like to to start by just asking you what role did that play and how you see Mm -hmm. uh, content creation as a vehicle for, you know, all the other cool stuff that we've been able to do as a brand. Ah, uh, it's a fair question. And I suppose I'm a bit, bit of a dinosaur potentially in the SEO world. So you'll have to forgive me if I uh, sound a little dated at times. But I remember back in the day when I had my first ever blog writing about um, being in ketosis. And then all of a sudden, before I knew it, I was um, I was top of or like second ranking in Google for ketosis. So, I, I, you know, WPMU Dev could easily have been a, a protein shake company <laughs> um largely 
um, that's more or less what we started doing with uh, WPMU.org back in the day. It was um, just writing lots of, I suppose, quality-ish, half decent, but, you know, keyword heavy, well-ranked posts that um, Google picked up and said, yeah, this is cool. And I, I think in that respect, we were one of the kind of like first real bloggers, you know, about WordPress, dedicated to WordPress. So like content marketing, obviously, it shifted over the years because there was really two camps that formed people that aren't as technical who say, if I create quality content, people will see it. And then there's a whole nother wave of people that had kind of gamified content and trying to figure out how to just get people to your site, even if it wasn't the best post for the audience. And as Google has improved over the years or different search engines, how they distribute content, they're saying this is really about the end user. And so it is a combination now of both of those things. And you have people who are struggling, who are creating excellent content, not being discovered. And then these people who've only focused on keyword optimization and are having a harder time. How do you see cutting through the noise now? Look, um, I I think a, a differentiating factor you know, like having a something that makes you really stand out. So if I was to say, go back to the WordPress world again, you've got uh, blogs like, um, you know, Coding WP, uh, WP Shout, of course, you know, who are really producing content that is, you know, next level. But at the same time, you've got WP Beginner as well. The founder of that is a more of a technical wizard, more uh-huh. of a marketing wizard than a writing wizard the articles on that but you know i wouldn't say are particularly special but in terms of him putting it out there in terms of him linking between the different accounts and different opportunities you know kind of uh, for exposure that you can find he absolutely nails it and so i'd add another thing to that i'd say yes you need to be technically savvy yes you need to have content that really adds a different dimension Ideal in quality, um, you know, you could look at different multimedia aspects, I think videos and all these things as well. But you also need to be, you also need to be very strategic and you need to pay a lot of attention to marketing, to cross-linking, to promotion, to partnerships, to getting your content featured in other areas. It's not, it's not simply enough to just sit there and write things uh, that are wonderful because uh, unfortunately they they won't come they'll, they'll, they'll come possibly because google pick them and go this is wonderful but primarily they'll come because it's got a, it's got a real hook and um, you need to get out there and let people know what that hook is yeah in a lot of ways it seems like it's like swooped back around to this relational <laughs> mm. like you got to know people Mm, absolutely yeah that's a huge part of um being successful i think in any uh in any blogging context now you you just you can't uh, you know kind of no man is an island no person is an island right um and uh yeah, that's 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 couldn't be any more true than it is now and um that's the third factor in addition to technical savvy um and primarily being a great writer You've just got to, uh, you've got to have that kind of leeway. You've got to kind of hustle a little bit and find the angles and directions. James credits much of WPMU Dev's early success to getting an edge while it was easier to rank. 
but now he believes our ability to last rests in our ability to develop and nurture relationships. Relationships with our customers, with each other, and with the community at large. It's really off-page SEO at its finest. Quality content, well-built and well-maintained websites, and relationships all have one thing in common, and that is that they all require a whole lot of care. So maybe instead of viewing SEO as a strategy to beat algorithms, we can value it as a strategy to improve how we care for others and create meaningful experiences for the users of the open web. Because at the end of the day, I think everyone would agree that the world could use a little more care. Hello WP is a podcast by WPMU Dev. It's produced by me, Micah Daly, and Josh Daly. I did the editing and original score for this episode. Our super design team, Julian, Yudi, and Ash created our show's art. And a big thank you to Barb, Pete, Mike, and James for talking to me for this episode. You made it more special than I could have ever imagined. <laughs>